0: Good day, listeners. Welcome to today's episode and NBA playoff special edition of Say Word. Say Word is a podcast we started. The goal is to inform, offer diverse perspectives, and add a touch of humor where appropriate to events happening in Toronto and in our world that our viewers can connect with. We started this podcast to give you thoughtful and purposeful perspectives. Toronto is home to us all, hence the name. And we want to leave you with content that is a good use of your time. I'm your host, Hirsch, filling in for our esteemed host, Ahmed. Who sends his regards, and we'll be back for our next episode. Joining us today, we got Bader, Larone, and Hassan. As I mentioned at the top, this is an NBA special, so we're going to be covering topics related to the playoffs, and it's certainly timely since we now know who's going to be in the NBA Finals. Uh, so that's Phoenix and Milwaukee. So I know for a lot of you guys, you didn't have these two teams uh, starting off probably in the finals uh, if you're filling out your brackets or whatnot. So it's probably a surprise that we ended up with these two teams. A lot of people are concerned because there's not big market teams, but for the more knowledgeable NBA fan who's focused on parody or or just wanted to see that kind of breakup, uh, given this new super team era, it might be a refreshing NBA playoffs. And and I found it to be quite interesting in terms of um, the teams and the storylines that are emerging. In terms of the two teams that are in the finals, Phoenix and Milwaukee, Phoenix won their season series 2-0, and you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to win the, the NBA finals because of it. But if there's any indication for those two games, uh, because they came down to one point, both those games we're headed for an excited and exciting NBA finals and then that's kind of I think what everybody is hoping for once their particular team is is out of the running so I wanted to start off with with you batter in terms of your feelings about the two teams that are left are you kind of excited in comparison to years past or you feel like you would have liked to see some of those bigger you know market teams I think the one,
1: like, elephant in the room when you talk about the finalists is uh, the teams that you thought were, like, the best teams in the league going into the season, they all had to deal with, like, major injuries. So, obviously, the Lakers, Anthony Davis was hurt. LeBron was hurt. The Clippers, Kawhi got hurt in the middle of their series. And they put up a fight. But, you know, if they had Kawhi, maybe that series turns out differently. In the East, obviously, the Nets coming into the season, probably they were probably the favorite to come out of the East just because of the sheer amount of talent that they have. But then you see with injuries, James Harden goes down, Kyrie goes down and it's basically Kevin Durant and a bunch of (laughs) fringe NBA players trying to carry them, right? So obviously injuries are always a thing. They happen every season, but it seemed like a lot of the teams that made it late in the bubble playoffs last year with the quick turnaround, they seem to be suffering more injuries than. Then I know, like Adam Silver made the whole point, like, oh, yeah, well, the injuries are still the same uh, on average, just pretty much like the last five years, right? But the major players and the teams that were in the playoffs late last year clearly suffered. That being said, uh, the Bucs were still a favorite. So they still could have made it out of the East, I think. I think the biggest surprise is that the Suns just kind of strolled right through the West. Like they handled pretty much every team they, they faced pretty easily the Clippers giving them troubles probably an indication that if the Lakers for instance were healthy they probably would have had some struggles with the Lakers right so there's a lot of what-ifs but I think I'll be I'm happy to see like Chris Paul in the finals finally as you know fans we say oh they don't want to ring it doesn't mean anything right so happy to see him there I'm happy to see Devin Booker there I think he's an amazing player and I think this is all this is probably just going to be like a drop in the bucket for him because I expect to see him in the finals a lot more. He's that good of a player. It's not glamorous, Suns and bucks, but I think like basketball purists will be happy to see this series. I don't know. I think there's a couple of Lakers fans on this call. So, you know, there might be some some feelings, you know. That's our final experience,
0: you know. You you hit the other elephant in the room. So let's get to it. Uh
1: I'm just saying, you know what? The best team in the league is not, the best two teams in the league talent-wise are not in the
0: finals, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because of injuries, you know? So I mean, we got to talk about it. we, we got to talk reality. about it. Because I support the Miami Heat. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Raptors as well, but I support the Miami Heat, I'm not going to lie. Lerone, I know you you support the Lakers, Son and Batter. Uh I think you guys are aligned to the Raptors. So i seeing my team make the finals last year and then get swept this year. It was kind of painful. Lerone, I'm sure injuries... Uh, obviously stifled the Lakers, but uh, I think once uh, once the Lakers got eliminated, I uh, saw you, um, you know, commenting on kind of how Katie was doing and trying to, you know, give KD his flowers too, because uh, I think there's all this uh, yeah, controversy around him. Yeah, overall, what do you think, Lerone, about the, the two teams that are in the finals and how the playoffs have went so far? Are you, uh, are you happy as a basketball purist?
2: Okay, so short answer is no. Um, I know everyone likes to make a big deal out of this, like, (laughs) oh, you know, like league parody. And by the way, what's up, fellas? Um, So, yeah, I know everyone likes to make a big deal out of league parody and, like, oh, it's great that you have two small market teams. Like, forget that. The league has never been about parody, it's always been about big stars, big markets. So, I didn't really care to see Milwaukee and Phoenix. I'm very happy to see Phoenix in the finals for a couple of reasons. One, because uh Monty Williams is a, a coach that has deserved this success yeah. for a long time young black coach great coach actually and it's good to see him finally you know get an opportunity to coach a good team and take them to the finals never been the biggest Chris Paul fan but who can deny 16 years of hard work you know so facts he deserves it you know despite the fact that you know he flops and does all these things that people don't seem to like he's worked his ass off for 16 years so he deserves to be where he's at another reason for the I like seeing the Suns there's uh the combination of Devin Booker and Chris Paul so if you guys recall like back in 2012 I think there was a trade that was almost finalized to send Chris (laughs) Paul to the Lakers right and David Stern vetoed it and changed the trajectory of the team forever right that could have been Kobe's sixth and seventh ring who knows right but they vetoed it and we never saw that manifest so now we get some kind of idea of what that may have looked like with Devin Booker even though Devin Booker isn't Close to kobe in my opinion particularly particularly on the defensive end but um we get some type of idea of what that may have looked like so i get a sense that this is like a tribute season to kobe particularly given the fact that Devin booker is such a big kobe fan kobe was his idol his mentor you could see him at the end of the first series looking up into the rafters and you know paying homage to kobe even though it was at my lakers expense it was still great to see so i'm also happy for Giannis because Giannis, you know he works hard he's a very humble guy Great personality, great representative of the league. Worked his tail off coming from humble beginnings. So it's good to see that story play out. So it's it's good. It's good to see. But I would have liked to see the Nets and Lakers in the finals. I'm a Nets fan, KD fan, Kyrie fan, James Arden fan since he joined the Nets. Mm-hmm. And we all know I love my Lakers, despite the fact that I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. So yeah. um, I would have liked to see that, but uh, injuries kind of you know messed that up. Just uh, to touch on the injuries point, I feel that. Um, I heard someone say recently that there have been like a a lot more injuries in other sports too, like baseball and hockey and across the board. So I don't know if this has something to do with COVID and the fact that maybe they had less access to working out the way they normally do more sedentary lifestyle. So ramping up again, maybe is causing more injuries, but that's certainly something to look at. Some of those injuries were freak accidents like the Kyrie thing. That's just, you can't like, what can you do about that? Right. But, um, yeah I think overall the season has been a huge success given the fact that Steph wasn't in the playoffs LeBron wasn't in the playoffs and the ratings are still very high I've enjoyed it. it's it been great basketball to watch so um, despite the fact that the Nets aren't there and the Lakers aren't there I'm still very pleased with uh, you know the basketball season so far
0: and the nature of the NBA has changed right I remember <clears throat> the last kind of finals like this where it was two teams that I wasn't really remotely interested to at the beginning of the year was uh, the San Antonio Pistons series Spurs versus Pistons and bro that was whew, that was hard to watch that was hard to watch um I think the games were like that was a time where 10 point leads were like 30 point leads you know uh it's like if the Pistons or Spurs were up 10 at the half you could just assume that they would go on it was very little chance of of kind of that turnaround whereas the excitement now is like 20 point leads 30 point leads can just disappear in a half so it's been really interesting to see the game evolve and i think um they achieved that kind of excitement factor but yeah we'll we'll get into that a little bit more but hassan i want to get your thoughts too how how, what do you think about how the playoffs played out and kind of the two teams that were left with
3: I'm I'm always in support of different markets and different uh, narratives being getting a chance to to make it to the finals and get this far. I don't know if I've stated it here before, but I've stated it multiple times in private conversation. I'm definitely against team stacking. So uh, as far as like, I think it is a shame with what happened uh, with the Nets as far as the the amount of injuries that they had to sustain. But I was never really big on the way they formed to begin with. I find it interesting that. Um, had the nets been healthy, I don't see the bucks getting past them in any way, shape or form. Definitely, when you take that into consideration, then it puts like injuries more at the more at the forefront of like how it's affecting who moves forward and who doesn't, the certain circumstances, right. So as far as the suns, that, that i'm I'm probably the most happy for there's a good chance for uh, Chris Paul and definitely like a really good come up for Devin Booker and, and there, I mean, he, he's only going to get better. Right. But I think it's vindication too, for, uh, for uh, Chris Paul, if he does go all the way.
0: So now that no, we I want
2: to are... give a shout out to Deandre Eden too, by the way, Deandre Eden has been playing. Oh, shout out Deandre Yeah. bigger, bigger big For yeah. Sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. A
0: lot of development. So now that we've covered some of the more positive aspects and what we, we've liked from the playoffs. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about your biggest disappointment. And probably for me it's uh this Philadelphia 76ers team not being able to get over the hump. Um because year over year oh, you know, we gotta talk about these guys. Oh, we, gotta, man. We, gotta, we, gotta talk we have about to talk about these guys
3: that, that, that Doc Rivers <laughs> that Doc Rivers slander yeah, we
0: have to Ooh. talk about these guys. Um I think uh if there's there's teams where you see a breakout window and it's always disappointing, you know, that year that they uh, lost to Kawhi. It was, you know, and and in, not inevitable, but they just came into interaction or, or came to a head with one of the greatest all-time runs from a basket. Period. Player, period. Um, period. Oh, so and even with all that firepower that we got from Kawhi, it came down to one shot, right? Right for, for the mm. Raptors to to eventually beat them. So mm-hmm. I felt like at that time uh the 76ers were really knocking on that door. Obviously they didn't get they weren't able to re-sign Jimmy Butler. Um, the next year, they were dealing with injuries, so Ben Simmons wasn't playing in the bubble. There were all these ch- this chatter about, oh, well, if they had Ben Simmons, you know, they could have made it further. Well, this year, they did have Ben Simmons. Maybe uh, as a metaphor, <laughs> but they had Ben Simmons, right? They did had- they, but did they really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question, right? They had Ben Simmons. He ended up scoring... 19 points in the final three games right this is a guy who is a max contract player some people point to the psychology of it the fact that that he lost his confidence and and is unwilling to shoot and i guess in in certain ways personally watching it i kind of felt bad for him but at the same time i kind of felt like everybody has a job to do on the court and I just don't see how the 76ers team can work the way they're constructed right now. So they're the biggest disappointment for me, um, but I wanted to open up the floor. You guys can either talk about the 76ers, or if you have another bigger disappointment in the playoffs, I'd definitely be interested to hear about it.
1: Let's jump right in here with this. (laughs) Here's a guy who looks like baby Braun in the regular season. He's basically unstoppable. Then he gets to the playoffs, and he's a completely different player. This reminds me, actually, of uh, DeMar DeRozan when he was with the Raptors. He would kill everybody in the season, like ISO everybody one-on-one. Same with Lowry, like, kill guys in the in the, in the in the regular season. And then the playoffs start, and it's like, who are these guys? Like, weird, like, monsters stole their powers. Like, something's happening here, right? And a lot of people are like, oh, it's mental. But if you listen to a lot of the quotes that came out, of Philadelphia, like after they lost, everybody said the same thing about Ben Simmons. The guy doesn't work. Like he literally doesn't train properly. Danny Green said it, Doc Rivers said it, Embiid said it. They all said the same thing about Ben Simmons. This guy doesn't work properly. No wonder why he doesn't get better at free throws. Shooting free throws well is a function of routine and practice. You can be terrible shooter and still be a good free throw shooter. You know, I look at guys like DeAndre Jordan. He went from being the like historically bad to a 70 mid 70 percent free throw shooter. And it's all due to work. You listen to what he says. It's routine and work. You sure about DeAndre Jordan? Like I mean so 70? Actually, way up, way up. Go look it up. Go look it up. He okay. he created a new free throw routine that helped him shoot better. But well, he, he, he doesn't
0: touch the court anymore. So well, that's
1: because his knees are bust. That's a do- oh, okay, that's a different okay, okay, problem.
0: Okay, okay. Right? Well, back I was to hoping ben that he was focusing too much on the free throws. And, and,
1: and Yeah, I guess he stopped working out or something. I don't know. But at least he can shoot those free throws, right? But yeah. back to Ben Simmons, right? Even so, you, look at, you compare him and Giannis, right? Giannis doesn't let his free throw shooting affect his game. Giannis is not oh, scared okay. of missing free throws. He'll get to the line. He'll miss them. He doesn't care because the point is to put pressure on the defense. Foul the other team out. Let them keep fouling you, right? Just like Shaq used to do. Jack was never scared of shooting the free throws. The whole point was to get the other team in foul trouble. And so Ben Simmons not wanting to miss is the, the key thing that has affected his game, right? The other thing that affects his game is they didn't run a lot in the playoffs. Number one, because they look tired. Number two, because you can't have Embiid running up and down the court because he's going to get gassed, right? So clearly their offense runs through him now. So by nature of that, they can't really use Simmons correctly. Because he's an open court player, right? No more open court opportunities. So there's no more opportunities for Simmons really to affect the game the way he he should affect the game. In the half court, he's absolutely useless. Like, if it's a dead ball, they have to inbound it. Just take him out of the game. Like, he's actually useless. And my point is, he's too talented to not figure out a way to impact the game. You see guys like Rondo, can't shoot, still impacts the game. There's ways you can impact the game without shooting the ball, right? And I think he didn't do enough to figure that out. I think Doc Rivers hides behind the fact that he redesigned their entire offense to go through MB, posting up MB, right? But what does that do for Simmons? Just dumping the ball in and then getting out of the way? Like, why give a guy $170 million just to stand still on offense, right? So some of it lies on Doc Rivers, right? And I think some of the things that Doc Rivers said after losing was very mature. He should have taken a lot of the blame for what's going on with Simmons because, again, he's not using Simmons correctly. Maybe they should have gotten rid of Simmons. I don't know. Their window to trade him is now closed. They could have had some good players for Ben Simmons, but now they're going to be lucky to get some picks or something for him because nobody's going to want him now. Now that you've already tarnished his reputation by putting it out there publicly that, oh, he doesn't work hard. Okay, so what exactly do you want out of this situation? Now you're stuck with him. So now you have to work with him. Um, Another thing I wanted to say is on his way out, Jimmy Butler said a lot of these things. He wanted that max contract. They didn't give him that max contract. They gave Tobias Harris his money. Tobias Harris looked great in the regular season. And then the playoffs start and, oh, yeah, Tobias Harris is exactly who we thought he was. Tobias fucking Harris, he's a role player, glorified on that team. And they could have had Jimmy Butler on that team. But I guess they didn't get along with him. And it's clear why they didn't get along with him because they're clearly not working. I think this is a lot of indication for Jimmy Butler that he was right. Like, he was right about this team. They don't seem to be doing the things behind the scenes to put themselves in winning positions. And it all goes back to this whole, like, tanking for draft picks. If you tank for draft picks every year, all you're really learning to do is how to lose. You're never really learning how to be a winning team. I think a lot of the issues with the Sixers are kind of like festering. I don't really know where they go from here. They're stuck cap wise. They have to tr- make a trade somehow to retool this, this team. Like Tobias Harris is making too much money. Simmons is making too much money. They have guys on contracts that shouldn't be on these contracts. Like, they're giving Seth Curry some pretty good money just to not shoot threes. You know, like he's taking a lot of mid-range pull-ups. Why? Shoot some threes, bro. That's what you're on the team to do. So I think a lot of this is like top down. I don't, I don't want to blame the players. Doc Rivers should have taken more responsibility in that press conference. Again, like Simmons is good enough. He's talented enough to work around these problems. So if the coaching staff is not willing to admit like, hey, we didn't do this properly, then they really know where to go from here. And like this team is doomed.
3: You make a lot of good points especially with Doc um being in a position of obviously in a position of authority a position of power and this is this is kind of how he decided to go about things you know not necessarily take responsibility and throw a player in question here under the bus but at the same time like a lot of excuses get made for Ben Simmons bro a lot of excuses get made for
0: this guy a lot
3: yeah a lot so yeah, like in yeah. fact
0: in fact uh it's great you point that out because Doc Rivers uh he flipped the script but earlier on he was saying things like oh if you think benson shouldn't be on the floor you don't know about basketball he doesn't need to uh-huh. shoot we have to like kind of model our our system around this game and mm-hmm. yeah as batter mentioned he just yeah i think throwing him under the bus especially given Doc Rivers' history of playoff uh, collapses yeah um, was probably like come on why are you doing that you know like you can't just Honestly, when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, everybody needs a job,
3: you know? Yeah. type of a job. This guy, it was a group project. He said, I'm
0: not taking the L for this guy not handing in his assignment, you
3: know? Yeah. Yeah. There's There's a lot more factors into it. But like, I mean, at the same time on Ben Simmons side, like if you know what the problems are, at some point there needs to be some initiative from your side to like work around the problem or work towards getting better. I feel like with the amount of excuses that get made for that guy, I feel like that's what's been hampering him. A lot of it. He gets a let off the hook a lot. Yeah. So, Zerona, so I want to ask you, do
0: you think there is a trade a uh, trade a uh, market for Ben Simmons what what, what are your thoughts about kind of cuz he I think he is only 2024 20, if I'm not mistaken. I know uh, if you're a GM watching that series, you're probably not super excited about putting together a lot of assets or key assets, but yeah, I think there may there may be one out there that might want to take a shot at Ben Simmons' project. Um, what do you what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think absolutely. Ben Simmons is like some people argue he's the best defender in the league. He's a great passer. He's a, he does a lot of things very well. So there there is a trade market for him. He could easily do what Draymond Green does better than Draymond Green in Golden State. So there definitely is a trade market for him. Doc Rivers didn't help by throwing him under the bus after Game Seven. So that i just want to reiterate the points you guys were making before like doc rivers that was weak that was the weakest thing i've ever seen a coach do
3: Mm -hmm. among the weakest
2: i've ever seen a coach do because you made a lot of coaching blunders in that series and to save your skin you threw this kid under the bus that's to me that's weak like accept some accountability part of being a leader and the head of a team is taking accountability even when you're not fully responsible but taking accountability—that—that's leadership. And Doc Rivers, in that moment, I think that was just a weak move. With all due respect to him, I know he's a great, you know, coach and well-respected around the league. But that was weak to me. Embiid also, like you—you you have some accountability in the, this loss too. Like it's not Ben Simmons' fault. I disagree with Batter, Like the offense is running through Embiid now. It's not Ben Simmons' fault that you want to play like Kevin Durant. Take your 330-pound self. And get in the post, fam. Why are you trying to be on the perimeter every two seconds? That yeah. does not make sense to me. Right. So take some accountability. Don't throw this kid under the bus. So, yeah, I think Ben Simmons, there definitely is like a huge upside. He does need to do a lot of work on his. From what I understand, he can actually shoot, it's more like a mental thing. But like he needs to, you know, if you're getting max money and you're an all star and you're getting all these, all this praise, you need to be able to accept. Like, blame for when you fall short, too. So, he needs to do some work, but I didn't like how he threw him under the bus. With that said, not to bring up the whole black and white thing, but it is what it is. We don't know, we'll call it how we see it. The whole trusting, the process thing. To me, this is karma because I don't know what his name was. I think his name is like Calangelo or whatever he did. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. his oh, Calangelo. Mm-hmm. Right? Calangelo. <laughs> oh, we know him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know him in Toronto. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> This man tanked seasons. No, He's no, hinky. What is it, more
1: Hinky. Oh, no.
2: like, oh, Sam Hinky. Sam Hinky. Ah, Sam Hinky. okay, cool. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. pardon me, Brian Colangelo, sorry about that. I don't know who Brian Colangelo is. Who is that, by the way? Nah, no, nah, no, don't, don't apologize to Brian He doesn't play. wear any power. doesn't wear any The guy
0: that looks like Dracula, man. He <laughs> doesn't wear
1: any Man <laughs> made a career off nepotism. Just power through, we don't <laughs> get a thing. Got you, got
2: you. Right. But yeah, Hinky or whatever his name is, this guy tanked seasons. I want to say about four seasons and everyone was like, trust the process. People on TV defending a professional basketball team who was responsible for putting a quality product on the court for paying customers, tanking seasons. And people are defending this man, right? Could a black GM ever have the leeway to do something like that? Never. So I don't feel any kind of sympathy for for Philadelphia and this whole trusting the process thing. I'm glad it failed, so now that never has to happen again. That's my opinion on that. Uh Biggest disappointment for me is the Nets, because of all the injuries. I was rooting for the Nets, and it's not a recent thing. I've been a Nets fan for years. Apart from my Lakers, I've always liked the Nets. So... <sighs> Um, I have a Darren Williams throwback. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's my biggest, uh, uh, what's, what'd you call it? That's my biggest uh, disappointment for the season. Hassan, so, don't hate on the Nets, brother. Don't hate nah, on the Nets. Bro, nah, bro. Nah. This, this stacking
3: shit is too much, bro. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Speaking of potential trades, uh, I was hearing in the rumor mills that uh, the Raptors actually, I don't know if it was a one-day phenomenon. It kind of came up and then went away for a bit.
2: Oh, I heard The Raptors
0: you. were potentially looking at trading Siakam. So um, uh, yeah. yeah, with the best possible destination of golden state. I want to ask you about it. there's, there's different opinions, right? Similar to kind of like Ben Simmons. There's a lot of people that say like, you shouldn't give up on, on Siakam prematurely, but then there are a lot of people that are on the other side that say, you know, his limitations are what they are and, uh, yeah. player development is not going to kind of address the fact that he can't be, um, the centerpiece of your championship team. I'll say this about those
1: rumors. This is a Masai Ujiri masterclass gentleman. He does this every year. There's a report about last year was OG where all oh, rappers are thinking about trading OG for this, that, and the other, right? What he's doing is he's setting the market price. This sort of quote unquote leak always happens very early in like the early draft, uh, pre-free agency period, right? And so Masai Ujiri, what he's doing is saying, Okay, everybody in the league, this is how much this type of player costs, go out and create chaos, right? And it actually creates so much chaos because now everyone's like, everyone's picking up the phone and calling about Siakam. You'd be crazy not to at least call about Siakam, right? Siakam is a good player. He's a great player, right? Can he do what Kevin Durant did in, in that series against the Bucks? Hell no. He's not going to carry your team. But well, can he be the second guy? Yes, he can, Right. And I think with the Raptors, there was no clear first guy. We wanted him to be the primary option. It's just not him, right? And everyone's like, what happened to the Siakam from the championship season? And it's like, when he has to play against the best defender on the other team, he has some limitations. But if he's ISOing your third best player, that's money every single day of the week, right? So I think it's a function of Maybe his role accelerated more than his talent did, right? And so mm-hmm. we kind of put that first before he actually genuinely got to that level. Again, every star player has these struggles. So maybe we're just seeing it in real time. We're just in the moment, we're like, oh, okay, Siakam's not the guy, right? It's still very early for Siakam. And I don't think we'll give up on him. I think what we'll likely see is, again, like the contract situations are that the core is still together for another year or two. And so we'll probably see. How this, you know, offseason plays out with the draft picks. We'll see how good our team is, maybe like halfway through the season. And if, let's say, we're still struggling, that's when we'll probably see a trade for Siakam, right? Um, I don't think we're going to see a trade draft night. I don't think that's going to happen. Masai Ujiri is the king of kind of like putting feelers out there, setting market prices for his players, right? I think what he really wanted to do is just to figure out how much our draft picks cost. I'm in favor of keeping the picks. To be honest, I think our issue is overall talent. So the quickest way to get talent for a bargain is through the draft, right? Definitely keep the pick, right? And I don't know if it's going to be Suggs or Green. It's probably going to be one of those two, unless Jalen Green moves up on the board. I don't think he will, though. If we pick Suggs, that's clearly saying, okay, well, he's the future point guard and Kyle is on his way out. If we pick Green... Then it means okay, another guy in our on, on the wing. It's basically replacing Norman Powell's minutes in the rotation with a younger, cheaper option, and that probably means that Gary Trent is on the way out. I think the flexibility. I think Masai likes that more than being forced into a trade necessarily for a player like Siakam. Like he's on a longer contract. There's no rush to trade him really. If there's a trade like we, we did with DeRozan for Ka- Kawhi Leonard you do it, right? But I don't think there's going to be people lining up their star player for Siakam after the season yet. I just, I don't think we're going to get the value we want. So I think in the scenario that we're like, okay, we're, we have a lack of talent. You don't trade your best talent. So you figure out other ways. And I think keeping the draft pick is the best way.
2: Yeah, I would trade Pascal Siakam for CJ McCollum. I'd make that trade. If you can get someone, I don't know if uh, Siakam's on a max contract. If you can get Siakam for like a a Russell Westbrook, I would make that trade. Westbrook is a star that's a loyal star. He's a superstar. He, he knows how to lead a team to the playoffs. And the love and appreciation he would get from Toronto, he would stay in Toronto. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know what uh, Lowry's uh, contract situation is like. His contract is up, right? He was on a three-year contract, right? Uh, yeah,
1: he has an option. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, maybe it's time to figure out a move because there was some rumblings about trading him to the to the Lakers, I think. So maybe it's time to revisit trading him, packaging him with Siakam for something. But uh, yeah, Siakam, I, I think we've done what we needed to do with Siakam. Like we've developed him; he's developed into somewhat of a perennial All Star. So if we can get some good value for him while we're we're rebuilding, it looks like the team is kind of like embracing Van Vliet because I think he went to the uh, yeah. the lottery, right? So. He's the guy that's like the face of the franchise right now. So that tells me they're trying to perhaps move away from Siakam and Lowry. So,
1: Yeah, that's not a bad idea because Portland needs to make a move. They're clearly not going to not gonna get any better with the talent they have. So for them, trading McCollum actually is a good idea. And they could use a, a big, like a versatile big like Siakam. So that's not a bad that can idea. Defend.
2: Yeah, you can defend too, right? You need yeah. defense, so
1: Yeah, his defense is really good. Like no one knocks his defense or his hustle. Like he actually has extremely high motor. It's just on offense you can see he has a lot of limits to his game. I mean, he he started playing basketball late just to play, play devil's advocate. So maybe he still is trending upwards. Maybe he can add a few more moves to his game. Yeah, for
3: for his jump that's when, that one move
1: from- that spin mm-hmm. move he got to retire that one. <laughs> from I think based off what you just said, like especially
3: uh, that he started late and for. The amount of jumps he's had as far as like like who he was able to hang with on the court, who he could play against, it went up significantly considering where he started at. But he may have hit a ceiling or I don't know, maybe he's he's just going through the ground pains like we were saying earlier.
0: Yeah, it's funny because when looking back at some of the highlights um, from the 2019 finals, uh, I think when the pressure is off him, his even his offensive game, there's so many weapons that he uses right um I think that I saw some push shots I, I saw obviously the pan and Smith move every once in a while I saw him shooting I saw him pull up if you can believe it or not a couple times here and there so I think batter made a great point when he's not the first option I think mentally it frees him to just kind of do what he wants to do and flow freely and he's amazing as a second third option i think it's just when all the lights are on you and you're the talk of the you know media and i think looking back at it his bubble uh performance in the grand scheme of things wasn't as horrendous as probably we we remember it but it's because he was the number one option that the media kept killing him there's that uh, another elephant in the room so to speak and that's uh whether Masai Ujiri is going to stick around uh, for the long term.
1: I want him to stay especially looking at the stuff he's doing with basketball Africa and with the league that just started there and all the work he's doing with Giants of Africa I think he's growing the game faster on his own than any other GM has cared to do overseas right there's been a lot of camps in Asia and Europe but no one's really gone to Africa and really kind of tapped into the talent there and you've seen like over the course of his I don't know 15 to 20 years in the league as an executive like he's actually tapped into that pretty well right so now you're starting to see the fruits of that labor like you're seeing players that he's encountered in his own like scouting experience now coming to the league right the connection he had with Giannis right like we had a good shot just because of the way that Messiah has kind of dug into that kind of grassroots basketball outside of the NBA so i think that's what i'll miss about him most is that he like he leaves no stone unturned i think though i'm not as anxious cuz i look at what happened in denver on his way out he put a successor in place that's now considered probably like the best gm outside of Masai in the league tim connolly and look at the, the work he's done now finding jokic Finding all these players late in the draft that are now stars, all-stars, undrafted players who are role players now, right? So finding value where others don't see any, right? So that's due to Masayo Jiri saying, okay, this person deserves to be the successor, right? He's already tapped Bobby Webster as that successor. I think we'll find out very soon whether he's going to stay or not. Regardless, I think that he's already put an apparatus in place where his vision can continue, right? If he leaves, I'll be sad because of all the other things and what he means to Toronto and, like, the su- success that he brought to Toronto. I always remember him for that. He'll get a statue <laughs> as well. Like, I'm, I'm I'm ready to put up, like, we're tearing down statues. Yo, let's, let's get Masai his, <laughs> his statue, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. like, he's a legend already. Like, he can never, like, he can never, like, in terms of status as, like, a sports icon in Toronto, like, he'll never be forgotten in Toronto. He's immortalized in Toronto sports history. Wherever he goes next, as long as it's not the Knicks, uh, I'll be happy. As long as it's not the Knicks. Because, honestly, a good Knicks team is the worst thing for the NBA. Because their fans have parades for winning one playoff game. Imagine if they win a championship.
0: Oh, (laughs) man. Oh, man. For the sake of the league. But, but, But I will say that if they had special talent, like if the Nets actually had the Knicks roster, I think it would be pretty cool to see the finals take place in Madison Square Garden. I used to be skeptical of that in in years past, but I I think it's a special atmosphere. So I think the Knicks fan base actually is much more entertaining to the rest of us when they're losing.
2: Yeah, so it's actually uh,
0: part of my. You know, I love seeing Knicks Twitter, Knicks like, you know, that. All those memes when they're losing. I feel
3: like I feel like they're the soccer or the soccer equivalent is Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that people are more interested in your downfall than your uh, than your success.
1: That's crazy. I hope he doesn't go to the Knicks. I hope he stays, but I hope he stays. Yeah, just not the Knicks. Although, not the Knicks. Although, Masai although should go I, to
2: Golden State and fire that guy that tried to. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, play. there you go.
1: That's what there he should go. do. <laughs> I think he's so much better than the Knicks. He could be a president of the Lakers. Like he could be the president of any team he wants. Why? Why go to the Knicks? The only thing. That he doesn't have then others, like if he wants to be unique, he goes to the Knicks and asks for a piece of ownership. Give me, give me two percent. Yeah,
3: that would that would be very smart. You know what I mean? like, but if he but if he goes over there, he's definitely fixing things. I don't think he would appreciate Dolan oversight.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, if if his uh, ambitions with with regards to the uh, basketball league in Africa want to pan out, I can see why the Knicks would make sense because I believe the NBA head office is in New York too. Um, yeah, so from, yeah a, from a personal wise, perspective, wise,
3: it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Actually. So we're running out
0: of time guys. I, I wanted to, uh, make the final kind of topic or point around predictions. Uh, what do you guys think in terms of who's going to win Phoenix versus Milwaukee, so we can look back during a future episode, uh, kind of how we landed with these predictions.
1: Oh, I think Phoenix wins. I think they're a better team all around. They have the best score in, in the series. They have the best point guard in the series. They have the best big in the series, so without Giannis, I don't think the Bucks have a chance. With Giannis, I think it's a it's a cool series just because Giannis will put a lot of pressure on the Suns defense. But when push comes to shove, I think the Suns have just the perfect mix of experience, depth, talent, coaching. I think Monty Williams is light years ahead of Budenholzer. I am not a fan of Bud- right. Budenholzer at all. Budenholzer took him three years of playoff games to finally let his big switch onto guards. And that was like the key thing that he would never relent. Like facts. he fixed all of their minutes. Giannis would never play more than 35 minutes a game, which was re- insane to me. Like you have the best player in the league. Why would not you not let him play more minutes? And number two, he never adjusts his defense. They play the same defense every game. And Ooh. as the longer series goes, the easier it becomes to beat the Bucks. Like, you look at us, mm-hmm. we lost the first two games against the Bucks. the year we won the championship, we lost the first two games, they won four in a row, because it was clear what they were doing and they weren't going to change. So we said, okay, we'll change. Mm-hmm. So I think Monty Williams, it won't take them very long to figure them out. Like Lerone said, I think DeAndre Ayton is very slept on. I don't think he's getting his due. He is a dominant big. And the, the Bucks don't have an answer for that. They don't have an answer for Chris Paul. They definitely don't have an answer for Booker. They could put Drew Holiday on Booker, and which will slow him down. But that's only one guy they deal with, right? So I think the Suns win. I think it's no question for me.
0: What about you,
2: Laurent? To be honest with you, man, I'm tempted to say – I won't say it – I won't say the Suns will sweep, but I'm tempted to say it. I just have too much respect for Giannis, yeah. Drew Holiday, uh, Middleton, and P.J. Tucker. But I'd say Suns in five or six – depending on Giannis's health i'd say the maximum amount of games is is 6 games the reason why i think the bucks have great individual like one on one defenders they're very physical but the defensive scheme everyone says bud is a great like defensive coach i, I don't see it
1: i don't see like, it
2: yeah they don't defend the yeah. pick and roll well and chris paul is mm-hmm. the pick and roll master so there's that mid-range jumper is going to be there all all series for chris paul secondly i'd say the guard play pj tucker will do i think Will do a great job on uh, Devin Booker, so that'll be a tough matchup for him. I also think Drew Holiday will make life difficult for Chris Paul. But if the ball moves and campaign is playing as well as he's played throughout the first like three series, like he's gonna be, he's gonna be tough because he's gonna be breaking down the defense, getting into the interior, passing it out. Another key for the Suns, I think Jay Crowder has a lot of experience guarding Giannis. He was on that Heat team last year that swept the Bucks. So right. he has that experience. He can guard Giannis one on one. He's strong enough, and he moves his mm-hmm. feet. And he's also he doesn't have to expend that much energy on offense. So he, you know all he does is just spot up and shoot three. So I think that's a good matchup. Why matchup wise, I think that's good for um for the Suns. So just and Monty's just a better coach. Monty Williams is a better coach. The Suns are flowing better. It just feels like it's supposed to happen. Aiden's gonna have a great series, I think, because everyone that can guard DeAndre Aiden will be on the perimeter trying to guard the Devin Bookers and the Chris Pauls and the campaigns, right? So they may have to Brooke Lopez is gonna be a tough series for Brooke, Brooke Lopez because yeah. he can't guard DeAndre Aiden. He cannot so I see yeah, you yeah, can't guard him. So I'd say Suns in Suns in probably five mm. or six.
0: And what about you, Hassan?
2: I definitely go with the Suns or I hope the
3: Suns take it. Yeah, it just feels like it's time. Just it seems like the trajectory that team specifically is on from coaching staff, yeah, just in general. I think it's about time for them to to get their just due for sure. I think as far as the Bucs goes, I just think with the combined efforts that the Suns have going for them right now, and obviously the biggest, uh, the elephant in the room being that Giannis isn't present for the Bucks as of yet. And from the video that we saw of, of that hyperextension, that that looks super serious. So yeah, that look, that look bad. yeah I, I don't know if that's uh, if it's the best idea to rush back onto the, yeah. to the court so soon. But yes. I'd I'd understand that if he wanted to, you know, that he wanted to be a part of the efforts to you know to get a championship because he's right there he's in the finals now
0: it looks like all you guys think the Suns are gonna win i will say that i agree with you guys for the most part i think the Suns are gonna win I- i'm not a fan of seeing mike hold face on tv to be honest <laughs> i think like
2: <laughs> it's yeah Ima- imagine that you had a zero restaurant zero. and he has you were the
0: waiting zero. to Imagine you're at a restaurant and you're waiting to receive your order, and they took like 45 minutes, and then they brought out the wrong order, and you saw that <laughs> in slow motion, and your face contorted, and you froze that in time. That's every single time I see my holder's face. So, I'm so
1: you, if Brook Le- Lopez drops on the pick and roll, Chris Paul is going to feast on mid range. Mm-hmm. He will literally park his. himself right on that elbow and shoot every single time and he will bury them. The same way he buried every team with that mid-range, he's going to do that to them. So, good luck with that.
0: They may break his ankles, like, you know, like... (laughs) I mean, we'll see. I'd be pleasantly surprised if the Bucks end up pulling it off, but I think the Suns are going to win. I think the only X-Factor in the series is if Bobby Portis starts fracturing jaws, you know? That might (laughs) set the balance of... There's, there's the best defender, um, which I guess this year, Rudy Gobert want, and then the scariest defender. And I think Bobby Portis is probably the scariest defender you could ever be really facing. That's all crazy,
1: guys. I just I want to do the post, post-mortem on Trust
0: the Process. I want to send it off. This is
1: clearly RIP Trust the Process. The years and the picks <laughs> that they made. 2013, they had 11th pick. They picked Mark Michael Carter-Williams. He was rookie of the year, which is fine. Great. Still on the board, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 2014, they had the third pick, they picked Joel Embiid. No problem there, right? Mm -hmm. 2016, they had the first pick, they picked Ben Simmons. Still on the board, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray, basically the big names still on the board. 2017, they had first pick, Markel Fultz. Still on Mm -hmm. the board, Gonzo Ball, Jason Tatum. Darren Fox
0: Donovan Mitchell,
1: Bam Adebayo all still on the board OG Ananobi still on the board Jared Allen still on the board so clearly trust the process, they got all these picks but what did they do with them right? And I want to give a shout out to Deandre Deandre Aiden, he was the number one pick in the 2018 draft, right? They passed on Luka Doncic and they might have Gone to a point where they never forget that they passed on Luka Doncic. The irony of passing on Luka Doncic is the same summer they hired the Slovenian national team head coach, who was Luka Doncic's coach already. They hired him and then passed on Doncic, which didn't make any sense. So the fact that they came from there in 2018 to now in the finals, despite all those gaps, I, I, yeah. I rate the Suns for pulling it together finally. Figure out how to deal with robert sarver who's one of the worst owners in all of sports <laughs> right the fact that he's it only took two years of him not meddling for them to become a championship caliber team so shout out wow. to james jones for actually pulling that team together pulling that franchise back together and shout out to all those guys on that team because without like yeah you know, without like chris paul taking a little bit of a Backseat the Booker and like everyone. Yeah. For the sacrifice. They don't get there. So, yeah. So, I, and I again, really like black, the sun story
0: black, I black executives, black coaches, exactly. former players, you know, exactly. like we're seeing this like increased success. I hope to see that trend continue. We're going to end it there. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for your perspectives for our listeners. Thank you for tuning into today's episode and thank you guys for the support. We would love your feedback for how we can make this better. So you can leave your comments on our page at the Say Word podcast. As always, you found, uh, we hope you found this insightful. We hope it made you think, and we look forward to having you join us for our next episode. We hope you stay safe and enjoy the weather as it gets better and better.